today's Greenlight episode, I will speak with Dana Guernsey, Chief Product Officer at Voltus, about how Voltus became the first DER monetization platform to be interconnected to every wholesale market in North America. We will also speak about how Voltus was able to increase its female staff from 20 to 40 percent. Dana's impactful male mentors and an exciting recent Voltus project with a big box retailer. Dana and I will also speak about the importance of intentionality when it comes to hiring diverse staff, as well as hiring employees that are the winning combination of bright, gritty, and mission-driven. Thank you for tuning into the green light. Now let's dive in. founder and CEO of Dylan Green, and today I have with me Dana Guernsey. Dana is the Chief Product Officer at Voltus, and she's joining us from Massachusetts. Welcome, Dana. Hey, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm so glad that we finally get to do this. So tell me a little bit about your background and your role at Voltus. Sure. So while you said it, I'm currently our Chief Product Officer at Voltus, and as far as background, let's see. So well, that's the beginning. I grew up in Queens in New York City. I then went to college at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. So pretty much as opposite a place from New York City as you can get, I guess. <laughs> I ended up studying mechanical engineering there combined with studio art. And it was, in fact, the closest thing to architecture I could conjure up at the time. That was what I thought I wanted to do was to become an architect. Somewhere along the way, I stumbled upon electric vehicles and just became fascinated in their performance as both really awesome cars, but also really awesome for the environment. Mm-hmm. So this was, I think, before clean tech was a mainstream word, at least for me. Yes. But in short, I found clean tech through, through the engineering school there. And so ultimately, the company Enernoc, which was a very successful publicly traded demand response company at the time, was where I landed with my first job out of grad school. I was there for seven years. I ultimately led their whole international energy markets group. And throughout that time, I realized just how interesting electricity markets were, mm-hmm. how ripe for innovation they were and still are. And I just became really fascinated with all the power market complexities. Well, at that point, I'm a total clean tech energy wonk, right? So I left, <laughs> I left Enernox to join a battery storage startup called Ambry which was developing a new kind of long-duration, cost-effective grid-scale storage. And I was drawn to storage because it was just this, like, different angle on grid services from what was demand response at the time. Mm -hmm. I spent three years at Ambry. Ultimately, they were a bit earlier in the commercialization process than what I was looking for. And so I found my way back to demand response and more broadly DERs or distributed energy resources, which include for folks who aren't as familiar, anything from demand response to energy storage to electric vehicles and found my way back via Voltus. So Dana, I'm really glad that you shared that journey with us because I've been having a lot of conversations recently with people who are trying to get into clean energy and I'm trying to explain to them that everything is like a journey and just because you don't get into clean energy like right out of the gates from school doesn't mean that there's not an awesome roadmap for you to get into the space. Totally. I definitely did not go into the career (laughs) thinking that this was what I wanted to do. It was was definitely something that evolved. Yeah, exactly. So tell me a little bit more about Voltus. If anybody doesn't know about Voltus, can you provide like a little bit more of an overview of what they're doing and some of the accomplishments you've had? Sure. So 
I guess we'll start in one sentence. Voltus is a technology platform that connects distributed energy resources to electricity markets in return for cash. So we somewhat literally plug energy things into energy markets for the mm -hmm. purpose of earning money for our customers while also creating a more resilient and flexible grid. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you zoom out to the big picture for a moment, just to kind of lay the backdrop here of how this all works, there's this aging and antiquated grid. And actually I just listened to John Oliver speak about this very topic. So if you haven't mm -hmm. listened to that, I recommend that yeah. everybody does because he'll tell it in a way more engaging way than I will. But basically we have this aging and antiquated grid it's old. It was built for a different world. You layer in climate stress and climate emergencies, plus needing to accommodate this high penetration of renewables and electric vehicles. And it's on the brink. It's totally stressed out. Yeah. On the flip side, we do have these abundant and cheap renewables. We have 21st century technology. We have thousands and thousands of existing assets that aren't being utilized as efficiently as they could be. Mm -hmm. And we have lots of smart people trying to address this solvable problem. And so that's what we do at Voltus. We glue all these things together. We're taking flexible loads and other kinds of distributed energy resources like energy storage and distributed generation, EVs and energy efficiency. We take all of these resources and we've built a cloud-based technology that mm -hmm. orchestrates their participation in these electricity markets. So we are paying them for their services. Great. Thank you for explaining that to everyone. And I want to talk a little bit about your tagline, which I love, which is, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, be bright, gritty, and good. Yeah. So we talk about hiring bright, gritty, and good. Mm -hmm. And those three things are really a magical trio when you think about who you want to work for your company. And it's really hard to find all three. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, and, and the good piece comes in because I thought what you were going to say is our tagline is actually it's better energy, more cash. And so we're a very mission-driven organization. Mm -hmm. People really care about the work we're doing and yeah. folks are attracted to that. So we're getting all kinds of talented technology engineers and energy market specialists and phenomenal sales people. And they're driven to us in part because of the mission and yeah. so that's the that's the good piece is people really genuinely want to do well by doing good yeah thank you for that uh so also for those who don't know earlier this year voltus became the first der monetized platform interconnected to every wholesale energy market congratulations by the way thank you could you talk about some of the trends, including progress made as a result of FERC's order 2222, as well as the challenges Voltus has been facing? Sure thing. So this is expanding a little bit on what we were getting at before. And there's really these, there's a few just these macro level drivers that are all working to accelerate the growth of these resources. So first is the ongoing transition to renewable energy, which is expected to triple by 2050. So this, this intermittency of renewables requires significantly more flexibility from other resources to balance and backstop their inflexibility. Yeah. The second is just plain electrification. It's this rapid electrification of things like the automobile. There's whole bus fleets. There's home heating. There's mm -hmm. data center loads. We don't think about the data centers, but the more data we use, the more we need. It's cryptocurrency and so on. 
So we're seeing our demand for electricity grow. And then the third bit here is the need for greater grid resiliency. And so I think now it's definitely become much more of a dinner table conversation. Every American today understands in a way they might not have even just a couple of years ago, the fragility of the grid. It's yeah. unreliable. It's increasingly, it's, in, it's increasingly costly and it's ill-prepared for the increasing impacts of climate change. So look no further than August 2020 blackouts in California or the February, the recent February blackouts in Texas from winter storm Uri or the mm -hmm. Louisiana blackouts from Hurricane Ida. It just like goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. and it never used to be that way. They have these three macro level trends and then the convergence of the modern tech stack, as we were talking about with these energy markets, has thus created this new energy internet of things. And so it's, it allows our platform to connect energy markets and energy assets in a way we've never seen them before. But that brings us to the challenges we face. And so it's not, we try to make it really simple, but it's actually deceptively complicated. The markets are crazy complicated and they're each their own snowflake. And so our job at Voltus is to simplify that complexity and bring a single platform to customers to make their lives simple. You also asked about FERC 2222, which was the landmark order from FERC last year that was the, this like final piece in the puzzle for unencumbered access to these markets for these DER aggregations. And so that was a game changer. And I'd say we're somewhat impatiently waiting for it to take effect across the market. Our mm -hmm. whole patience is a virtue though. So we're working through that and really eager for those rules to take hold. Yeah, like a little bit of an idiot calling it two 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 two. Well, it goes by all the names. It's two 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 two. It's twenty two twenty two. We heard right. two two by four. All right. Uh, from some of our southern customers, it's ordered all two right. by four. So yeah, it's Thank whatever you, you want. You. It. Okay, yeah. I'm not an expert on the very orders. I apologize. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on, and some of the ones specifically that you're most proud of. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. So last year, in 2020, we became the first DER aggregator in SPP, a lot of acronyms, mm -hmm. so the Southwest yep. Power Pool, which covers, I want, it's something like 17 states in the center mm -hmm. of the country. And we provide what's called operating reserves. So every market needs operating reserves. They're procured for the reason that there needs to be this balance to the day-to-day, minute-to-minute fluctuations on the grid. They get used a couple times a month on average and are relatively short in duration. So from a customer perspective, we became the first aggregator in SDP on the market side. And then on the customer side, one of our many customers is a national big box retailers. Mm -hmm. So we've en enabled all of their facilities in SPP to automatically respond to these grid events by changing their HVAC set points. So it's this end-to-end -end signal from SPP to Voltus to these stores and back again to help balance the grid. And if you were standing in one of the stores, you'd never notice it. And so I love the project because it's this example of where we were innovating on both sides of the platform, both on the grid operator integration side, as well as integrating with a customer like a big box retail store. And so the technical integration being on both sides is really just a good example of where we sit in this whole ecosystem. I think that's a great story. Very innovative. I want to talk about women. So let's talk about, talk <laughs> about mentorship and women in STEM. It's no secret that there are a paltry number of women in clean tech at the moment. 
How important has mentorship been to your career success? And are you a mentor? It's been hugely important. That's the answer. And in fact, I'll say that although one of my mentors have been men, Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes people think that to get mentorship as a woman in STEM, that you need to find another woman, yeah. but you can also find really great male mentors who are allies mm-hmm. and who are actively supporting gender equity in the world. And yeah. so in short, yes, I've benefited greatly from each of my mentors and I'm actually in touch with all of them to this day on a regular basis, but I just wanted to highlight that they can come in form. Yeah. Additionally, mm-hmm. I do also mentor others, both formally and informally. So I do it formally through a board I'm on for the Dartmouth Engineering School, and I mentor a couple of students each year. And then I do it informally with people I've just come to know through work or other professional experiences. And mentoring is something that you have to actually really enjoy, though, to do. Otherwise, you can feel a bit forced, right? Like, yeah, you mentor people. But I do genuinely like mentoring others, in particular other women, maybe who are early in their career and just helping out how I can. Which is definitely not to say I have any magical advice, but I think just like sharing common experiences, just it does seem to help at times and just being a voice for others to talk to. And my final question is around uh, diversity, equity, inclusion within Voltus. And I know, I think one of your co-founders, Greg, was just talking about this on LinkedIn the other day, because you wrote a blog post for Voltus a while back about how Voltus is making concerted effort to diversify its workforce. What are some of the specific ways that you all are doing that and what progress have you seen? Yeah, so that's all correct. I would say we do three, three things. First is we measure. You can't improve what you can't measure. And we're very passionate about data. And so we know that when we started, we were around 20% women. We know yep. we're, now, we're now around 40%. Second is we are intentional. We have a company goal that for every open role, we interview 50% female and 40% people of color, which is simply demographically consistent with like the yep. U.S. general population. And that was a lot of what my blog post was about. Was we have this pipeline problem if you're only interviewing a certain set of candidates, well, then you're only going to hire a certain set of candidates. And so mm-hmm. you need to be much more proactive and intentional with your interview population. And then we hire based on merit, we hire the best person for the role. But what we've found is that when our interview population of who we're actually talking to is representative of the general population, that then we end up with a company that is similar to that. And so we do this because we believe that diverse perspectives actually make for a better company with better culture and and better business results. And that's the why I think sometimes I like to also mention that. And so, so that was two. So the third is we talk about it and I don't know, that's not like not an obvious thing to say, but we do talk about it and we try as much as possible to create an inclusive environment. We look for people who are culturally additive and not just culture fit. I'm not Mm -hmm. a huge fan of the word culture fit. Questions, we listen to the answers, we make adjustments, and the leadership team will be the first to tell you we have much room to improve, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think by doing these things and by talking about it and intentionally nurturing that type of culture, deeply caring about employees, we're hoping that we continue to make some really great progress. Yeah. So we do, we, do have, we do have progress to make and, and probably always will. Yeah, I think that's really, really great. And I think for people listening, that's like three really 
I don't want to say easy, but clearly defined things that you're doing that are working that hopefully they can take back and replicate within their own organizations. The one that really sticks with me is the intentionality piece. I think people are so amazed when they say, how do you find these women? I'm like, I go out and I look for them. Yes. <laughs> how do you find, find anything? Them. How do you find anything? Yeah, to go look for it. It's not just going to walk on your doorstep. Yeah. It's not some magic formulas. But anyway, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. And keep keep fighting the good fight for clean energy and, and, and women. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks for talking to me, Catherine. Thanks for listening to the Greenlight Podcast. Are you looking for your next role in climate tech? Join the latest growing network of clean tech professionals and be the first to know about when industry-leading clean tech companies first post new job openings, from development to finance to marketing, by checking out our website, dylan-green.com slash latest-jobs. Dylan Green is transforming business through talent. You can also find us on YouTube, where we engage with today's top clean energy leaders.